one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. For those who are listening to the show for the first time, my name is Jeff Ellis. I'm coming to you from the podcast basement this evening. Formerly, I was at 24-7, formerly at Scout, and formerly at Indians Baseball Insider. I am happy to introduce today uh, on the show to talk some baseball, someone who's currently at Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell them where to find you and uh, how they can find out more about your work. I know you guys uh, had a, you want to check out Justin's profile. They had a really interesting choice for the Indians' top prospect. Uh, one, I can understand, totally, and they make a great argument there for that. So why don't you, uh, again, just tell them where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at JL underscore baseball, and you can check us out at IndiansBaseballInsider.com, and you can follow the official account at official underscore IBI. We did just wrap up our – ended up being a top 69 prospect rankings this year instead of top 70 like we thought because Jordan Humphreys got claimed off of waivers. <laughs> no, that was uh, still, to me, a little bit interesting in retrospect, the timing, right? Like – why wasn't Cam Hill just 60 day disabled early? I mean, I, they, I don't know if they'd had better or worse chances of keeping him late. Uh, I'm sure that's part of what came through, but yeah, 60 died instead of 70. They said, you want to go check out uh, Justin's profile to see who was number one. And it's a very well-reasoned point of view on that. So we know the roster now. Uh, why don't we start off with kind of, I mean, relative to everything else, what was kind of the news of the weekend, the, the trading of, of Pletko uh guy who worked very hard with very fringe stuff. It is interesting that I think in, to me, the bigger picture was with Carrasco, Lindor, and Pletko being traded, Carlos Santana being a free agent. Who's the leadership? Who's filling that void in the clubhouse on top of like your thoughts on the trade? What do you think about the, normally I'm not so much into the intangibles, but I do think to a degree in baseball, we've seen that's important. Who's going to step into that void, do you think? Yeah, plus, you know, Plucko was their player rep. Lindor was the Indians player rep uh, last year, and Plucko was the assistant, so I don't even know who has that role for them now. But, yeah, I mean, he does bring some leadership qualities. I guess we saw Oliver Perez last year kind of be a leader. I mean, he was the one who threatened uh, to quit the team if the Indians didn't suspend Plesak and, and uh, Clevenger. So I guess his words carry some weight down there. Shane Bieber this spring had a nice moment with Ahmed Rosario when he dropped those three fly balls in his first game in center field and, and made sure to go up to him after the game and, you know, let him know that it's okay and keep working on it. And it's, it's hard. And maybe Brian Shaw, I mean, Brian Shaw around, he's in the bullpen now and it's a young bullpen. So maybe you get leadership from those three guys. I'm not sure position player wise who it is, but that's only the only three guys I can point to right now. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. What was your take on the the Pletko trade? I I was a little bit surprised they, they did it, but I think in the end, it was the right call for this organization. I was surprised, too, because it's not like they have a ton of – I mean, they do have pitching depth. The depth they have has no experience. I mean, you know, you're going to go with Bieber, Bieber Plesak, Savali, Logan Allen – Tristan McKenzie and and Cal Quantrill, but after that, you're dipping into 
Scott Moss, you're dipping into Eli Morgan, maybe Sam Henches. Um, I guess Jim Carlos Mejia is on the 40. He could, but he hasn't been above double A yet. So it's not like they don't have any, they don't have any tested depth. Like at least, at least in the last couple of years, they had guys at triple A that were tested depth. So, I mean, I guess Tristan McKenzie wasn't, but it is interesting. They decided to go that route, but they must feel good about Logan Allen and, uh, Kel Quantrill, terrible spring, but I guess they still believe in him when they, they have no reason not to, but he did have a bad spring. It is interesting because I feel like I always refer to it as the Casey Kochman got LASIK uh, storyline. There's always that storyline of uh, something that's going to make a player great. And most of this offseason was to talk about Bobby Bradley and his getting in shape, but mirroring that was Logan Allen getting in shape. Maybe is this the time where you know, he, he worked on his, it, and it isn't just that he lost all that weight. It's also, he really worked on his pitches and delivery and everything else. But might this finally be the time where that spring storyline that gets fed to us actually ends up being something that is going to impact the Indians this season? I think so. I mean, he's, he's been a top hundred prospect before and he's been traded twice. He's got the pedigree. Uh, he's already got a, you know, he's got a plus pitch. He just needed the command. I think that was the biggest thing this, this spring is he threw strikes. He didn't, he didn't walk guys, and he, yeah, his slider's better. I think we've seen this in the past before. Like, and you're right, it doesn't always work out. Like, I remember Cody Anderson a couple of years ago, or gosh, probably five years ago now, talked about how he started at Akron, and then he just got in phenomenal shape. I mean, he was way more athletic and cut, and it could get him into better positions with his delivery, and that seems to be where Logan Allen's at now. So uh, that does seem to make a difference for pitchers, at the very least. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. Those three arms there. How many innings do you think Tristan McKenzie is going to pitch? I brought this up on the show last night. My guess is he could be have a max of like 120 to 150. What do you think the max inning count is going to be after 33.1 the last two years combined? I don't know. I, I think 150 is aggressive. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but. I said 120 was what I expected. Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, I so that, before I even said that I thought that was the range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think there's any chance that it's essentially like McKenzie pitches three and then Allen pitches three on a day? Do you think we'll see some kind of advanced piggybacking uh, while they give Quantrill choices, and then maybe eventually, if Quantrill does continue to struggle, we could see Allen move into the full time starter role and Quantrill become the piggyback pitcher. Well, definitely. I lost your volume Early. for one second there. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. If you don't mind just uh, starting that response over, sorry, your volume cut out for one second there. Okay. Yeah. And I think early on you'll see McKenzie not go more than five innings. If that, maybe even four. I mean, I'm not sure who they'll, who they'll put him in tandem with, but yeah, Logan Allen or, or Cal Quantrill probably winds up being that guy. I definitely think in the month of April when they have only they only need four starters most of the month that they'll definitely work two of those guys in a piggyback role. I think that makes the most sense too. Do you think there's a chance chance uh, chance that he'll end up spending some time in AAA in terms of service time? I was kind of surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that they did not play the service time game as much as we all expected. Do you think that could still arise with McKenzie? Because he, more than like uh, Jimenez, there's a legit reason why McKenzie might uh, go down. 
I mean, it's not to say he couldn't use it. I think it, I think it's going to depend. Like I don't I don't think it'll be just for service time. I think if he goes down at this point, it's definitely going to be either to monitor his innings, like they can skip afford to skip a start down there, or just let him throw a three inning bullpen or something. I or if he's struggling like up here, I think it'll depend on the roster composition too. Like if if Cal Contral starts throwing strikes again, or they need somebody in the bullpen, they need to attend down to bring up a, like a fresh arm. I could see him being the guy to do that with because it all just makes sense to a service time and B just to do what they can to limit his inning. So one last pitching. I'd be, I'd be here up here. Yeah. So one last pitching question before uh, we'll take a quick sponsor break, then dive into the whole mess. That is the first base outfield situation. Let's say things, let's say Quantrell, it doesn't work out. He ends up back in the pen. Let's say, uh, Logan Allen still has his struggles and McKenzie has kind of, you know, last year he was really good, but he started to fade. And that was only after 33 innings. If those situations arise, who's up, who would you think is most likely to step up for those fourth and fifth roles? Who's the next starters that you would expect to see this year? If those three all struggled in that role. And in this doomsday scenario, wow. is it Morgan? Oh, is it tough. Moss? Is it someone further down? Yeah, I, I think those two for sure are going to get the first chance. Uh, I would say Morgan first just because we know he can throw strikes and you know how much the Indians value a guy who can come up and, and start throwing strikes right away. Um, I guess Moss. Moss is not as much a strike thrower, but I guess he's close enough where he can get a chance. And I guess it depends on how Sam Hentges is doing. I mean, he should start the year and, well, whenever, whenever the minor league season actually finally starts – I think there's a good chance he winds up in AAA. So, yeah, I think it makes the most sense for the three of them being on the 40-man roster and not digging in too deep. And like I said, Carlos Mejia hasn't even been above AA yet, so I don't see how he could be quite ready. But you never know with them. Yeah. I, was, I mean, McKenzie was, I, I won't lie, was a bit of a surprise to me when that occurred last year. So you never know what they end up liking. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. It is our, we talked about them at the top, rockauto.com. I know nothing about cars. I can't do anything on a car. I can't fix anything in a car. That is not my skill set or knowledge base, but I can go to the Rock Auto site. I can navigate and I can make sure that when I do need that part for my car, that I'm getting a good deal from wherever I am getting my car fixed. And that's what I always advocate. It's a great tool to have in your back pocket to make sure that you are not getting hosed when you go to the car dealership because we've all had a horror story or two in our past with someone taking advantage of our lack of knowledge. Rock Auto prevents that. And when you do use Rock Auto, you do buy a part or piece for your car, make sure to put locked on so they know that their advertised money was well spent. RockAuto.com. Remember to tell them that we sent you. And then check out the Locked On Today podcast, all the breaking news you could need. Uh, I did not send them a video on Adam Plutko. I just did not think that was breaking enough, but next time something big happens with the Indians, tune into that podcast and you might hear my voice appear. So I know I said we're done with pitching, but as I often do, I lied. We really haven't had a chance to talk about bullpen. So the bullpen is, there's certain guys I think we all feel comfortable with. Uh, I still don't know if we technically know who the closer is. I could be wrong there. Uh, but there's a lot of vets who, I mean, I love Oliver Perez, if only for he might be the only major leaguer older than me at this point in time. Uh, we'll have to see what Shaw can do with that bullpen this year. Who do you think, you know, is it Sandlin? Is it Broom? 
Kyle Nelson, uh, you know, ghosts. Is it maybe uh, Henches coming out of the pen? Who do you think are kind of the the likely first few guys up, or who do you think we will end up seeing in the pen this year? Because they seem like they, for once, have a lot of pen arms. They do. I mean, the hardest part is that like Whitgren and, and Sandlin, or, I'm sorry, Sandlin and Goes aren't on the 40 man roster. And as you've talked about before, the, the 40 man doomsday that is coming for them this this uh, I got to add Sandlin this November, but anybody that they don't have to uh, is going to present a real problem on this crunch. So for sure, I would, I would bet that if they need somebody besides that, like Kyle, besides Kyle Nelson, and I don't know what what they're going to do as opposed to, I think they have DJ Johnson who minor league free agent still sticking around. I think they let go of Blake Parker, but like I could see them bringing DJ Johnson up if they need an arm because he's 31, he's got some options left and, you know, if they need to cut somebody from the six, from the forty, he's an easy cut. I don't think they'll use use ghosts until they're absolutely ready. Same with Sandlin, Nelson, and Johnson. Although I, I mean, Henches is on the forty, so I guess he can be in the. But I just don't see it. Henches yet what everybody else does. Like the last couple of looks, I I just wasn't on. Like I, I, I know he's throwing harder now, but. He has runners on base. Uh, he doesn't have a, a plus secondary to me. I, I just don't see it here. The last time I saw him pitch in 2019, I just I wasn't there yet. He's one of those guys, he passes the eye test so well that I sometimes wonder how much scouting is done through eye test with him. Because I the same thing. A lot of my like improvements on him is based on hearing other people who have seen him. But since 2019, I mean, you go back and it's control issues and he's getting hit hard and all that other stuff. So I agree with you. That's what I've seen. I haven't seen the the guy that they talk about in camp that makes him look like he's, you know, the next big lefty in system. Uh, that's why I, I, I would. I'm not near minor league parks anymore, so I won't get those opportunities like when I lived in Ohio. But uh, it would be nice to really get that chance if he was, like you said, he's probably going to start the year in AAA, so I wouldn't have been near anyways. But it still would have been good to hear the reports on him. Switching gears and going to the hitters that made this team, can we just take a second and say how this whole uh, ridiculous anger at first base is beyond silly that uh, – Bowers and Bradley, frankly, at best, are fringe starters either way, right? Like, this is a situation where I don't think either of them is the Indian starting first baseman at the end of this year. I, I, I don't see a pro- something in their profiles that makes me confident that either, you know, Bradley hits for power and nothing else, and that just doesn't work. Uh, and Bowers can take pitches, but doesn't really have much else. So I... Basically, if both of these guys, if one of these guys is starting for the Indians in August, uh, they change their game or the Indians are playing really poorly and just riding it out. I mean, they're both 25. It's not like, I mean, I, I've been arguing this for a couple of days now that this is not a, a season changing decision. This is not a franchise changing decision. I'd be shocked. Like you said, I'd be shocked if either one of them was the long term answer at first base. And it makes sense. Like, I mean, Bradley's got an option. They're the same age. You've only seen Bowers for one year. And what I mean, Bowers, 
until June is, is below average and you just say, okay, that's enough by June. Then you move Bradley there and Bradley gets the same amount of at bats. Like I, I think they'll get equal opportunity this year. I think Bowers will wind up being let go in time to see Bradley get the same chance. And then you'll find out about both of them. And that's what they need to do. They need to find out about both of them. They're going to do that. And even by next year, I wouldn't be shocked if they, I mean, maybe they'll give, maybe they'll give Bradley one more shot next year, but to me, I mean, neither Josh Naylor or Nolan Jones is the long-term answer for space, but I don't know. This is not a this is not a a season changing or franchise changing decision. I think it got really overblown. Yeah, it. Like I said, especially, you know, I I've been harping on that the the rule five of doom. First base is such a low value position in general, and those are two fringy prospects. Like if. I know Bowers doesn't qualify as a prospect anymore, but I I miss some of your guys. Did you guys have Bobby Bradley in your top twenty prospects? Um, it was close. I think he was in the top twenty. Let me look real quick. I had it pulled up just a second ago. Um, Good. Bowers, yeah, he's nineteen for us. Nineteen. So it's still one of those things where it's like when you're talking that far down, like that. I understand the Indians have a deep system, but still, like these are not priority guys and it, it, i know people bring up jesus or not jesus jesus aguilar but like i was not an aguilar guy and i'll be the first to admit that i didn't think he would do what he's done the same way that like giovanni urshela was someone i was not high on i can admit when i miss though i mean in fairness to me urshela we all missed on at least that offensive profile but with aguilar like he hit for some power and he walked he did multiple things uh the question was just the would the bat be too slow with these guys, neither of them have that a profile that is complete or anywhere near Aguilar. So that comp is is silly, right? You are you in agreement? Am I off base when I kind of bring that up when uh, people throw Aguilar in my face of uh, letting the wrong guy go? No, Aguilar had much more useful strikeout rates. Like I think his strikeout rate in AAA was twenty five percent, twenty six, and Bradley's is over thirty, and that doesn't translate well to the majors. Like at least. You know, unless you're Joey Gallo, we know you can't survive at 35% in the majors. So um, that's where Bradley is, and that's not where I think Aguilar was a little below that, so his was more manageable. And you're right, he did walk more than Bradley. And not to mention, Bradley has the issues with left-handed pitching that Aguilar did not. Yeah, I was just kind of curious to see. It's like you go back to AAA in Columbus, like 47, 64 walks. Like the walk rate was so much higher. Strikeouts were there, but not the same. And still the power is, like I said, it was a, a more complete profile. Uh, and the, the other side of this is, let's be honest, like, yes, Aguilar would be a nice addition to the Indians right now. But there's also a reason why he's on his third team. Like he has been extremely inconsistent and if you get rid of like that one great year, he's been closer to a league average bat. Again, league average, don't get me wrong, is fantastic. We're talking about the Indians offense. But I sometimes feel like people think too much about that one big year instead of what he's actually been able to do. And again, if his consistency was, he's been very inconsistent even in the majors, and that's why he gets traded because he runs so hot or cold and teams just end up not being able to deal with that. And that is, again... Milwaukee to Miami to Tampa to Miami for a reason. Moving to the uh, the center field position, so I kind of threw out this idea on the podcast for Monday that maybe what Ben Gamble Ben Gamble no 
Ben Gamel uh, signifies is that uh, Rosario is going to get a long opportunity in center field or that he might end up getting at least half the at-bats against right-handers. And the Gamel is a fourth outfielder, was probably the best option in terms of just experience and what he can bring. That if you took another, like the reason that Bradley Zimmer, Daniel Johnson isn't on this team, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, is they want those guys to get more at-bats and more play, and that uh, they really do plan to have Rosario get something like 70% of the time in center field, even with his issues. Uh, am I just trying to rationalize this roster choice that I was uh, not a fan of, or do you think there is any possibilities that that's going to be the case? Wrong, but I also just, I'm not sure I understand the decision-making. Like, why, why are they so dead set on Rosario being the center fielder. Like, I think you're right where Rosario necessitates Ben Gamble. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about that before. And if you have a center, you're really not going to do much with Daniel Johnson. Um, and the center field thing, the only thing that was weird to me, like, yeah, I think Mercado is, is battling himself mentally. So if they really feel like he's not – capable of producing at the major league level right now. They need to figure out where he's at, head in his headspace. I'm not sure in Zimmer. Like I would have I would have liked to have seen Zimmer sink or swim this year and just agreed. You know, move on move on or figure it out. Um but I mean yeah, Rosario necessitates Gamble, I think you're right, just to give them some cover in center field. And there's no reason to sit Daniel Johnson on the bench. Um, the whole I mean the whole thing with Daniel Johnson was was shoehorning the first base situation together and forcing Naylor to the outfield. That was the whole odd decision-making thing uh, as far as Daniel Johnson was concerned. Yeah, he could have played center field, but if you're, I think, I don't think they were prepared to have Andres Jimenez start the year in the majors. I think they were dead set on having Rosario be the shortstop for a few months and seeing what happens. But once Jimenez kind of forced their hand, I guess that probably changed plans, but. I mean, if, if they're going to do it this way, I'd rather see Rosario get a lot of run just because you did trade for him. He's a former top 100 prospect, and he's at least had major league success before. You know, you're talking about the refusal to try Johnson, and I wonder, like, how much of that with Johnson being sent down is just, like, they were, before camp even started, they knew that Bowers was going to be at first base, so then they had to play Naylor in the outfield, like, it, did they go in just being like, we have to get one more look? First base is really the only place for him. Like, we all kind of assume that they just let the battle go because they were dead set on this idea that Naylor's an outfielder. And it just hit me as you're talking. What happens if it's the other way? What happens if it was like, well, we have to see Bowers, so he, he, he's got to be at first, so then we got to put Naylor in center. And as you stated, it's like, well, they had their center field mix. Johnson wasn't really a part of that. And because of them having to see, you know, Bowers in particular – that that is what precluded them from even really giving Johnson a fair shake this year to start the year, at least. I mean, going into spring training, I had assumed Naylor would be the first baseman and then that they would have outfield between maybe Bowers. I thought Bowers would make the team and platoon with Jordan Luplo. And I, I, I mean, I didn't think Daniel Johnson would make it anyway, but I thought he'd at least have a shot to maybe outplay somebody and make it. Um, I didn't see them forcing a battle at first base and then and keeping Naylor in the outfield, which I thought was strange because I don't think that's his best position either, but it's not Jake Bowers either, so I don't know. Um, 
like I said, the, the whole thing just with Daniel Johnson was just he never got a shot in right field, and I think the I think the chain reaction of keeping him forced their hand with Rosario, and that that changed things because like if if resort stop and they decide to game him in as a service time and, and send him to Triple A, you can make an argument that their center field at bats open for Daniel Johnson. Would they have done that? I don't know, but. I, like I said, I, I thought for sure Bowers and Luplo would be able to platoon in the outfield to start the year, and you have Naylor at first. So they certainly won in a, a very different direction than I expected. And we'll continue this discussion in a second here, but let's quickly hop over again to discuss our sponsors. Uh, BetOnline.ag. I've talked about them before. They have the Indians over under at 81 and a half games. I feel like most people online have the Indians about 500. I still think this team is going to be better than people think. Maybe I am being a Pollyanna type with the Indians. But if you are someone who maybe you th- agree with me and you think they're going to be better than 81 and a half games, and that might be the time to go over to betonline.ag. And remember that when you use that promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit, uh, that is the biggest bonus we've had from any advertiser this year. So remember that bet online is the official, uh, uh, partner we have for all things betting lines betting information and it's more than just that you can bet on award shows reality tv they have poker they have casino they have everything go check it out for yourself go see what the experts because no one spends more time analyzing than the people who set lines because money is on is there let's be honest like if i'm wrong about the indians i look bad i don't lose money on that these people lose money so you can go and get some great information over at betonline.ag and remember to use the promo code locked on to get your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit our next sponsor builtbar.com we are into the flavorful four we're gonna have cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk mint brownie and the last matchup from the round of eight, uh, the coconut brownie chunk and the caramel brownie. Uh, I thought for sure caramel brownie would be my favorite, but that coconut brownie chunk is just fantastic. That is everyone over on the uh, the DMs for the Locked On uh, MLB. That is their favorite. If you want to check out any of these flavors, you want to use the promo code Locked On fifteen to get fifteen percent off. I buy Built Bars for myself because even after a year, I still love this product. And is a, a person who buys from them, when they send me a code, the code they send me is for 15% off. That is the same code you're getting as a first-time person using that Locked On 15. So this is as good as being a repeat customer. Go check it out for yourself. You could get all of... Cookie dough is a seasonal one. But you could get a mixed box with cookies and cream, mint brownie, and caramel brownie right now. Go check that out for yourself. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get that uh, nice little bonus 15% savings on your order. Uh, and then the MLB division preview series. Those are running currently over on the flagship MLB. You can hear me and answer my seven questions that they gave all of us about the Cleveland Indians and our chances for this year. My hot take, and they're doing their bold videos and let's see what Justin thinks about my hot take. My hot take was the offense better than last year. I know they traded Lindor, Jimenez actually had a higher runs created plus, and you can't replace Lindor, but you can replace what he was last year. So if Jimenez can be what he was last year, you add in Eddie Rosario. The first base situation isn't great, but Carlos Santana had such a down year. You're, you know, no Domingo Santana, no Delano DeShields. That's addition by subtraction. 
What do you think? Can this offense with Rosario, with some of the young players this year that we're hoping we'll see in Nolan Jones, with Jimenez, with uh, Rosario, do you think this is a team that the offense, for as maligned as it has been, could be better than what we saw last year? Yes, I do think that's right. I think that's accurate. I think you'll see. I mean, it might not only be very slight, but yeah, I think they can be better than they were a year ago. I mean, in the outfield, they have to get better, right? It was historically bad. And, like, that word gets thrown around thrown around a lot. But, like, it was legitimately historically bad last year in that outfield. Yeah, yeah the outfield, I think Reyes over a full season will be really good. And I don't think you can get worse than you could behind the plate with with Roberto Perez and uh, Sandy Leone. Sandy. Like, I, think, I think Perez will be better than he was a year ago. That's an automatic upgrade right there. Yeah, how much do people forget that, like, he was hurt last offseason, like, and I don't, I can't remember if there was an illness on top of this. Like, didn't he have off-season surgery before last season? Am I wrong in that? And, and he played like tw- 2019. He had that great start and then he faded because of injury as well. Is This is in my mind. Am I incorrect? Or is this is something you remember as well. To remove bone chips or bone spurs from his ankle. And then he, and then he had the pulled shoulder last year. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that should be an improvement. And, uh, you know, I also have my theory that uh, Sandy just liked people named Sandy. So once he became manager, he just started to overplay Leon, who's he was a non-roster invitee. I don't know what went on with him. Uh, you know, one of the things I think we have to do here at the end of the podcast is an old friend alert. I'm not sure if you were cruising around like I was. Did you see in terms of old friends? So Mike Freeman did not make the Reds, but Naquin did. Uh, in that yeah. loaded outfield of the Reds. What do you think about Naquin there? Just as uh, you and I have been covering him since he was drafted in 2012. So we have almost 10 years of history with him as a prospect and player. I don't even know where he gets playing time. Like that's, that's I guess, an, like a pinch hitter, a fourth out, like a fifth outfielder. Their outfield is actually good. Like they have legitimate guys that are in the... Might have lost you here for one. Out there. Oh, that's... we lost you there for one second. You you said uh, they have an outfield that's legitimately good, and then we yeah. lost you. Oh, I mean, I guess it's the National League. You have to carry an extra bench player, and he can play all three outfield spots. I mean, he's not a good center fielder, but I guess you know, not having the DH kind of helped him out. We are we are over thirty minutes here, so I really appreciate your time. I know it's. Uh, I, I'm lucky enough to be in Central Time, so it's it's even later for you. So I appreciate you coming on late and recording. Uh, remember to go follow uh, Justin again. Tell him where they can find you on Twitter. I'm at jail underscore baseball. And uh, in terms of like anything that happens, Justin's there commenting. And as I mentioned, you know I have been in the nitty gritty of following this team for a long time now. So it's one of those yeah. things where you're going to want to go see his takes. And the best thing I can say is uh, it's always well-tempered. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of knee jerks, a lot of like rush to hot takes. You don't get that with Justin. And that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons you want to follow him when it comes to the Indians, where it can be sometimes on Twitter, just a, a never ending stream of uh, the hottest of takes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we've been fighting those all off season uh, and all, uh, all spring so far. 
But uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. Make sure to check him out. Make sure to you can find me at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, this has been the Locked Any News podcast. I want to thank everyone who's downloading daily, rating and reviewing. That all helps the podcast so much and to continue to grow. Uh, and for the next year, maybe two, according to our owner, go Tribe. <laughs>